So today we're going to jump into a two-week new series, and it's called Worship. You can read that slide. It, it talks about worship, but, but what we want to talk about here in these next two weeks is our worship. Now, I want to be really clear. Worship is much bigger than just this gathering. Worship is much bigger than just when we stand together and sing. A lot of times we call that worship, and a lot of times we think worship is just our singing, but worship is everything you do. Worship is, is giving yourself to your creator. But in this series, I really want us to talk about this worship gathering. I want us to talk about what we do, why we come here, what the purpose is, and what we do when we worship. And look, Pastor Deb's sitting front and center because she has a doctorate in worship and wants to check me on everything. So that makes me a little nervous. <laughs> She's texting me. I didn't bring my phone up. Um, now, so we want to talk about worship. And we're going to do that today and next week. Um, in order to do that, I'm going to have to get a little bit out of my comfort zone. And we're going to be looking in Scripture to the book of Revelation. I have never preached on Revelation. Some of you are like, shame on you. And I've never done that. But, but here's the thing. And this isn't the only place, but in Revelation, there is a beautiful picture of what worship is. And I think we can learn a lot just from a few of the passages there. So we're going to look at Revelation chapter 4 um, today, and, and we'll start here. And, and this is what I want you to do as I read this, because this is a pretty incredible thing. This is an incredible picture. When I read this, I want you to try to picture this in your head. That some of you will naturally do this, but I want you to listen to what is said here, and I want you to picture this in your head, because this is incredible. So starting in verse 1 of chapter 4, it says, After this I looked... And there before me was a door standing open in heaven. By the way, in case you're, I'm sorry, I should have said this before I started reading. But, but this is John got a vision from God. God revealed to John this vision of what's happening in heaven and what needed to happen for the churches of that day and continually. So this is John's vision in Revelation that he's sharing with us. So after I looked, after this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And a voice that I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what may, must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne, there were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. And in front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. Okay, so I'm going to stop there. Did you get that picture? We've got the throne. We've got 24 smaller thrones. We've got the elders, and we'll talk about that in a minute, dressed in white with golden crowns on. We've got thunder roaring. We've got, we've got all this stuff happening. There's a sea of glass. Are you getting that picture? What we see here is a glimpse, what John saw here is a glimpse into heaven, a picture of what's happening in heaven. 
What's happening in heaven? I'll tell you what's happening. Worship. I already messed up. Deb's out of here. All right. Thanks a lot, Deb. (laughs) What's happening is worship. We get a clear picture of worship in heaven. Sometimes when we talk about heaven, we talk about what? What What do you hear when we talk about heaven? Come on, help me out. Streets of gold. We talk about the streets of gold. What else do we hear? The crystal sea. Well, we do see that here. Angels, okay. Have you ever heard someone talk about their mansion in heaven? I'm, I'm working because I'm, I got a mansion in heaven that's being built for me. And so we get these pictures of heaven. And, and I think sometimes we think more about the streets of gold and the mansions and all that stuff. But when John sees heaven, what does John see? He sees this incredible picture of worship. Let me just start this morning by saying what we're doing here today is so huge. This is what happens in heaven when we come together to worship. And so we get this picture of heaven and we see the throne and we see God sitting on the throne and then we see 24 other thrones. Now, I'm no expert in Revelation. I've studied quite a bit this week, but I please don't come argue with me over the meaning of these symbols and things like that. I have no interest in that. I do like to argue, but I have no interest in that argument. But one of the things that that seemed like a consensus from what I studied is that these 24 thrones represented the 12 tribes of Israel, which would be the Old Testament people, and and the 12 apostles, the New Testament piece. And so, so we see this picture of the leaders of the people, the elders of the people from Old Testament and New Testament, the representatives of the people wearing white robes and golden crowns and sitting on thrones around that throne. It, like I said, I'm not saying definitively that's what's happening, but it seems like most people believe that's the picture there. In fact, in chapter 21, in verses 12 through 14, it talks again about this, when the new Jerusalem comes down, it talks about the gates having the 12 tribes written on it, and then it talks again a a little bit later about the 12 apostles being there, and so that's the other place we see 24 in Revelation, and so regardless, we get this picture of God sitting on his throne with 24 thrones around, with, with the elders of the church in white, with golden crowns. This is an incredible picture. Are you picturing it? Have any of you ever, ever been to a throne room? When I was a freshman in college, I got the opportunity to go on a trip to Africa. And on the way to Africa, we stopped in London, and we spent a couple days in London. And so one of, the, one of my favorite things I've ever done was we went to the Tower of London there. And that that castle, that tower has hundreds and thousands of years in history there. And kings and queens have, have sat there and things have happened and, and we got to go in and see the throne room. A throne room is usually something to behold, right? Usually that throne room is supposed to be this, this grand place where the king or the queen sits and everybody comes in and is kind of in awe of what's happening. That's, we have a throne room here, but this blows anything I've ever seen out of the water because this is the throne of God and we've got thunder and lightning and we've got all these things and, and then there's 24 other smaller thrones gathered around. This is an incredible picture of God in heaven. 
and the people of God, the faithful people of God, sitting around him. Now, here's the cool part. So I, I described this cool picture of worship. I, John described this cool picture of worship in heaven. And, and hopefully, you kind of got that picture in your head. And hopefully, if you got that picture in your head, you're thinking, man, this is huge. This is, this is big. Here's the cool part. You got up this morning. You got your coffee. You got dressed. You got in a car or on a bike, probably, hopefully in a car. And you drove here to church and you came into the sanctuary. Guess what? As you come into the sanctuary today, as you sit here, we have the opportunity to approach the throne of God just like we saw in John's vision. That's what we're here for. Here's, it's really cool. See, Jesus, through his sacrifice, his death, and his resurrection on the cross, paid the price so that we could approach the throne of grace, so that we could approach the throne of God. In fact, if you, if you look into, the, if you look into the, the Old Testament and then the beginning of the New Testament, Jesus' story, the temple used to have, and I've talked about this a lot, but forgive me if you've heard it a bunch, but the temple used to have a place called the Holy of Holies. And that Holy of Holies was a place that we wouldn't be allowed in. The only person allowed in there was the high priest, and only after a ton of cleansing rituals, and even then, they felt like if he wasn't worthy, he would be struck dead, so they would tie something around his ankle so that if, if they heard him fall and die, they would drag him out. That's how, how big this Holy of Holies was. But what we see is when Jesus dies on the cross, the curtain that separates us from the Holy of Holies is torn in two from the top down. And all of a sudden, we have access to the throne of God. This is huge. Hebrews chapter 4 says this, Therefore, since we have a, high, a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Listen to verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus, through his death and resurrection, gives us access to the throne of God, to this incredible place that we see in John's, in the revelation to John, Jesus gives us access to that. Listen, I don't know what you've encountered this week. I'm just going to guess that, that maybe you've been through some stuff. I'm going to guess that maybe you've had some situations happen, some things happen that you would say, man, there's nothing holy and right about it. I'm going to guess that you've seen people treat people the wrong way, and I'm, I'm going to guess you've seen plenty of things this week that aren't holy and right. Good news this morning. We have the opportunity to encounter the almighty, holy creator God. Today, as we come together in worship, we can be at the throne of God. And so all the junk that we see every day, we got to tune that out. Because we have come to the throne of God. That's what we're here for. And so that brings us to our, our first important truth, and that's this. Worship is first and foremost about 
an encounter with God. Coming here today is not about singing songs. It's not about taking an offering. It's not about shaking hands. It's not about talking to your friends. The reason we come here today is to encounter the Almighty God. The goal is to see God, to experience God. Now I know when I paint this picture, or when I, when I talk about this picture, it seems pretty unrealistic that we could encounter this Almighty God. I mean, we've got this picture in the throne, in the 24 thrones, and surely we're not able to see God, right? But here's the thing. God wants to reveal himself to us today. God wants us to have an encounter with him today. In fact, not only does God want to reveal himself, God has already revealed himself to us. And this is a really cool thing. So first and foremost, worship is about encountering God. Well, the second thing is, if you want to encounter God, you've got to know where to look. How many of you had a, um, you know, a dating interest in high school or junior high? Any? We don't have a very loving congregation, man. <laughs> okay, if you were in high school and it, if there was a girl that you were interested in or a guy that you were interested in, what did you do? You knew where they were going to be, didn't you? You knew where they were going to sit at lunch. You probably knew their, maybe I'm just a stalker, you probably knew their class schedule, right? And, and this is a totally normal thing, I think, <laughs> that's what I hear, that if you really liked someone and you wanted to know them better, what would you do? You'd find out where they were going to be, and you'd be there, right? I, I remember, like, in the hallway, people would come up and say, hey, are you going to go to the party later? Because so-and-so's going to the party, and I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, if so-and-so's going to the party, I'm going to the party. You know, that's how that works, right? When you want to know someone, when you, wanna, when you love someone or like someone and want to be with them and want to get to know them more, you put yourself where they are. Here's the thing. God has already revealed himself to us. How do we encounter God? We look at the picture of God that we already have, and that picture is found in God's Word, in Scripture. If you want to encounter God, you should start with Scripture. It's the primary place that God has chosen to reveal himself to his people. Now, I'm not saying it's the only place. Obviously, we see from John that you can have visions, that God can come to you that way. I believe you can see God in other ways, but the primary way that God reveals himself to us is in Scripture. And so if we want to know God, if we want to encounter God, we have to get into God's word where God has revealed himself if we want to experience God today, we start with his word. And that brings me to something else that's really awesome about this. Because we saw this picture in John's, the revelation to John, in the book of Revelations. We saw this picture of the throne and the thrones and this cool thing. I want you to know that that, that revelation, in some ways, was inspired by and similar to other revelations or visions that we see in Scripture. Listen to Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, this is Isaiah, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another. You heard this in the song before this. Holy, holy, holy 
is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. So this is awesome to me. Because God reveals himself through his word. If we want to encounter God, we go to God's word. Here's what's awesome. God's word that was written by a variety of people over a long stretch of time reveals to us several times the same picture of who God is. God's word is consistent. We see in Ezekiel and Daniel and Isaiah all through scripture that when God shows up, God is the same. And so, so today, we come to have an encounter with God, and today we come to encounter the same God that showed up to John in a vision, that showed up to Isaiah in a vision, that showed up to Ezekiel and Daniel and all the others. And so I want to move on into verse 7 now because I want us to see what happens when we encounter God. Verse 7 says, In the center around the throne were four living creatures. They were covered with eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had the face like a man. And the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. And so we just saw, this is consistent through Scripture in Ezekiel and Daniel's, if you want to go look it up, in their visions that they saw long before John's vision, they saw these same things. When we see God in Scripture... God is consistent. And, and so it's day and night. They never stopped saying, this will sound familiar, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, the thrones around, the 24 elders fall before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives Forever and ever, they lay their crowns before the throne and they say, You are worthy, O Lord, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. So let's back up. We got the picture of the throne. All of a sudden in verse 7 we see some other things. We see some creatures that are consistent with the picture throughout Scripture. And, and then we see those 24 thrones, the leaders of God's people, the elders of God's people who are dressed in white and have crowns. By the way, earlier in Revelation we see that those crowns were given to them by God. And it says that, that those creatures sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And as they do that, these elders lay their crowns at the feet of the throne, at the feet of God, and worship. And they say, you are worthy. You are worthy to receive glory and honor and power. I want us to see two things from, from these verses. Number one, the response to the encounter with God is never-ending praise. Have you ever just been blown away by something? Have you ever experienced something that just, I mean, just blew your mind, took your breath away? For me, I could think a few, a few examples. Number one, I love it. I love flyovers. Any of you love flyovers? Like you go to opening day at the Reds, and they have two jets fly straight over the stadium, and it's this moment where you get goosebumps, or I do. Another thing is, 
As I remember, some of our teens went to NYC last summer where there were thousands of teens together. And I remember my times at NYC when thousands of teens got together and were singing at the top of their lungs to praise God. And I got goosebumps. My mind was blown because God was there in an incredible way. I don't know if you've ever seen an incredible storm or you've watched a storm and just the amazing power of nature. Here's the thing. Those things that can blow us away are nothing compared to the God that created them. And so when we encounter God, what we see is when the people encounter God, when these weird creatures encounter God, what they do is they praise God because God is amazing. God is wonderful. An encounter with God isn't a casual thing where you say, hey God, what's up? I'm going to leave now. An encounter with God is when you experience the glory of God, you're going to praise God. You're going to be blown away. The Beacon Commentary says that praise is the response of the soul to the wonder of God's glory. So this is all about an encounter with God. And when we encounter God, we are going to be blown away. And we're going to praise God with everything we have. See, this wasn't forced upon the creature, the elders. This is their natural response. And here's the thing. I think way too often we come into service, we come into church, and we miss what we're here to do. And we can come. I'm totally guilty of this. I can come to church. I can sit over in my seat because we all sit in the same seats every week, right? And I sit over in my seat. And I can sing the words, and I can even be moved by emotion, by something in the service. But I can walk away without really encountering the glory of God. That's really easy to do. That's not what we're here for. We're not here to sing good songs. We're not here to to hear average preaching. We're We're not here for those things. We're here to encounter God's glory to encounter the almighty God. We, do you understand the blessing that we can do that? People in the Old Testament didn't get that, that benefit. We come to encounter God, so the response is praise. Today, our response when we come in the presence of God should be to praise God. And we've already sang it, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. The second response is this, we give ourselves to God. We see in this picture the 24 elders who are sitting on thrones. That usually means you're pretty powerful, right? And God has given them these crowns, and when they encounter God, they praise God with everything they have, but they also take off those crowns, and they place them at the throne. Why do they do that? Because when we encounter the Almighty God, we can do nothing other than empty ourselves and lay our lives down for God See, worship isn't about me. It isn't about a good feeling. It isn't about good music. Worship is about encountering the Almighty God. And when we do that, we should be humbled to lay ourselves down. This is a a quote from Bob Coughlin. He says, worship is about what we love. It's about what we live for. And it's about who we are before God. The picture you see in Revelation 4 is people who can do nothing other than praise God 
and lay their crowns down. Here's the thing. If you came here today for comfort, if you came here for music, if you came here for anything else, you're going to miss the greatest thing that you have available to you today. If you came here to get your way to, to sing the songs you want to sing or to have the style that you want or to do whatever, you're going to miss the glory of God because the God of all the universe that created everything is here today and we come to encounter, to encounter God. This isn't about us. This is about seeing God and responding and worship. We see in Revelation 4 his faithful people whom he inhabits, doing what the only thing that they can, and that's emptying themselves. So we have encounter, we have wonder, we have their minds blown, and we have praise. There's no other response. If you're not responding in praise today, if you're not humbled in the presence of God, then guess what? You're not in the presence of God. I, I totally believe that. I don't think you can come into the presence of God and not be humbled. I don't think you can come into the presence of God and not just be in wonder. And so, so the response is praise. The response is laying down our crowns. Think about Paul, the Apostle Paul in prison. What did he do? He praised God. He was on the edge of death. He was in chains in prison. This is, he wrote a good portion of the New Testament, and he's in chains in prison, and what does he do? He praises God, because that's the only thing you can do when you know God, because God is so great. And so he praises God. I'm going to cry here, but my mother, as she went through cancer, cancer all she could do is praise God because she knew God and the God that she knew was more glorious than anything she experienced. And so what came out of her mouth and when she wrote what came out of the pen was praise to God because God is amazing. So that brings us to today. My hope for today, my hope for this series is that we will have an authentic encounter with God. That's, that's our hope every week. I mean, this isn't just today. But my hope is that through looking at Scripture, through reading God's Word, through seeing this picture of God, that today the number one priority on your heart and your mind will be to experience the God of the universe. There is nothing more important that you can do today. If you will experience God, we're going to talk about this next week, it will change you it will change the way you react to things, and you're going to be in wonder today. So, so the most important thing you can do in worship today is experience the Almighty God. The band's going to come up, and here's what we're going to do for the rest of service. We're going to praise the Lord. We're going to open our hearts. We're going to open our minds. And this isn't mysticism. This isn't anything. I'm not crazy. I believe that God wants us to encounter him today. And so what I want you to do through the rest of this service is I want you to block out all the distractions. I want you to set aside anything that might keep you from seeing God. That means your own judgments. That means like, oh, I don't like this song or, oh, I'm uncomfortable. Oh, I wish this was different. Block it out. The most important thing you can do today is experience God. And so we're going to worship together for a while now. And what I want you to do 
is I want you to block everything out and I want you to seek God. I want you to pray, God, show yourself to me. I want you to offer your praises to God. You can do this however you want. You can kneel at an altar. These altars will be open the whole time. You can stand at your seat with your hands raised. You can sit at your seat. You can do whatever it is, but don't miss an opportunity today to encounter the almighty God. Our ushers are going to come and we're going to take our offering as we start this first song. But, but after the ushers get past you and, and you've done that, I want you to just open your heart and I want you to experience God's presence and power today. Father, we love you today. Father, there's nothing more important here. There's nothing more important in my life than the opportunity to come into your presence to experience you. And so, Father, help us to see you today. Help us to praise you with everything we have to catch your wonder and your glory and help us to pour ourselves out for you. In Jesus' name. At the end of service, we're going to experience a really cool thing in baptism. We're going to have four baptisms where people, as we see in Revelation 4, they lay down their crowns. We're going to see people lay down their crowns and be baptized. To, to know Christ, to be like Christ, to give everything for Christ. And so join me as we worship today.